what's going down i am your humble host evan savvy how have y'all been doing okay look first things first we gotta address some shit hey i'm still an astros fan god damn it they fought they fought they got it back home but you know got curb stomped back at the crib man i still love them still gonna rock the team you know and this is low-key one of my favorite times of the year because i could get all that shit on clearance while all the bandwagons get the fuck out the way <laughs> so i'll be able to have some real dope astros merch you want to win man <laughs> you want the world series it sucks you know it, it's fucked up atlanta was doing what astros were trying to do and what they should have been doing the bats came alive you know they were making the right plays our guys got cold we're missing pictures like they took it they took it man they took it at the house we're being watched way more than ever because we already have the cheating scandal confirmed and all the other shit so yeah man ah it, it, it's a ugly l we'll be all right we'll get over it <laughs> but now the next really the next chapter now is the carlos correa situation are we gonna pay this man they should pay that man keep this team together because they signed yuli and that's great it's just you get nervous because <laughs> he is asking for a lot of money. And if you see a team just starting to sign the other guys, you're like, oh, damn, they're running out of that salary cap space. The only team that could really afford everybody like that is the Yankees. We could just sign anybody at any given time. They got the market. So, <sighs> God damn it. I'm not over it, y'all. I don't think I ever will get over it. And – and you know what? I was talking mad shit, right? Because I was like, oh, Atlanta's up. They're going to start choking. And then they choked at home. And I'm like, oh, there it is. Nope. Before I get into more of these rambles, how have y'all been doing? <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean to be rude. I'm just, I'm grieving. If you're an Astros fan, I know you're grieving with me. <laughs> I don't want to see no Atlanta nothing around me. Nah. <laughs> like get that shit the fuck out of my face dude i don't give a fuck about none of that shit <laughs> oh well man outside of that man i hope y'all have been well i hope everything's been going great for y'all um as for me like i said it's always something going on and it really is but <laughs> as for right now things are going very positive for me it's a lot of cool things that's happening that i am going to do that i wanted to share with y'all so as y'all know and from the episode prior I was talking about the Dave Chappelle. You heard my passion, you heard my statement on it, and I got a lot of good feedback, which was overwhelming to me, actually. I am actually going to Cleveland, Ohio, Dave's home state, to check out that documentary that he was advertising. Let me tell y'all that I'm very excited to do this. And of course, of course, I'm going to come on here and I'm going to tell you, baby. I'm going to tell you all about it. I was able to snag some seats. I found I'm just going to make time because... I feel like that this is going to be something historical. I really do feel it's going to be something great. Uh, not just because I'm a fan, just because out of everybody else, nobody can deny, even if you're not a fan of Dave, you can't deny his impact. Even outside of being a comedian, just how he's in the news and how he speaks, he carries himself like a very distinct leader. All the reviews up until this point have been excellent. I'm super excited about going, and I definitely will be doing that, and I will be bringing that back to talk about on the Lighthouse podcast. So I don't know if he's going to like distribute it or make it available after the fact. I guess they're really gauging the support on how this goes. If the demand is up, you know they're going to do that because ultimately what I think, like I, like I keep saying, I do think they are going to try to shoot for that Chappelle show. 
we get that Chappelle show back, it's going to be a lot of different boundaries. Like, it's going to be a lot of different lines being crossed, and he's just going to keep pushing that envelope. But I am super, super stoked about that shit. <laughs> I don't know if y'all been paying attention. Did y'all hear about Mark Zuckerberg's uh, metaverse? Meta what, nigga? Huh? This nigga is really about to do Ready Player One, guys. It's happening. It's happening. We saw it at Wally. They got all the electronics and it was getting all super technologically advanced, living through a screen, got all fat fucking shit. All the bones was too small. It's happening. We're going in that direction. We letting technology get too advanced. We got glasses from Google that could go into your conscious and all this other little weird shit. Like, dude, it's getting to a crazy advanced state right now. Well, for those who didn't watch the presentation or even know what the fuck I'm talking about, so Mark Zuckerberg, or as all the homies in Facebook jail call him, Zucker fuck, Zucker fucker mother, Zucker mother, Zuck, Zucker mother, Zuck, suck my nuts or Zucker mother, Zucker mother, Zuck, Zucker mother, Zuck a mother, mother, Zucker. Introduced this idea, this concept basically that they're progressively working towards called the metaverse. The metaverse. metaverse. Now, I'm gonna try to like break this down and just really briefly explain this without nerding out too bad, okay? <laughs> so just walk with me. I missed the presentation. So what I had to do, I had to really look into it, read some articles, and I actually found him on a podcast of uh, The Verge. So I took the steps of listening to the most uncharismatic social media leader to figure out what the fuck is going on. Basically, the metaverse is something that they want to do to interconnect everything, more or less. So what is a metaverse? For this, I actually found a very good article by Matthew Ball, who Mark Zuckerberg actually praised this nine part basically explanation of what the metaverse is. It's not a bad read. Um, this is you could really go and look for yourself if you really want to know everything. But I'm going to give you a real quick, brief crash course on it. Right. Anyway, the metaverse is basically what's going to take the torch next in our Internet social media era. It's not trying to replace what we have, but build on it. The best way that I can explain it is looking at our phone situation. We have these mobile phones that allow us to access the Internet differently because back then, I'm gonna kind of show my age here a little bit. <laughs> Back then you could only really get the internet or access to the internet through desktops with landlines, dial up, or public places like libraries, schools, or cafes. Not like Starbucks, internet cafes. Yes, niggas, I am kind of old, okay? <clears throat> anyway, the way that we look at mobile phones accessing the internet and how we access the internet back then if you're old enough or if you understand what i'm saying we recognize both of them as different eras matthew ball's description is the metaverse is a massively scaled and interoperable network of real-time rendered 3d visual worlds which can be experienced synchronously and persistently by an effectively unlimited number of users with an individual sense of presence and with continuity of data such as identity, history, entitlements, objects, communication, and payments. What the fuck does that mean? Um, in other words, we will constantly be within the internet rather than have access to it. Mark Zuckerberg was saying, we're trying to build this into a metaverse company. And that's eventually what he wants to be. He wants us to experience the internet differently. 
So if you ever watch like, you know, Fairly Odd Parents or like I said, Ready Player One, which a lot of people are doing those jokes. And you could tell like when I listen to that podcast, I could tell he was getting kind of like, hmm, like, that's what it is, nigga. Like, that's what you're doing. Eventually, that's what we're progressing to. This is not like having access to it where we can click and go somewhere. You can be in the area at real time. It's connecting all of that stuff. Mark Zuckerberg stated, it will be an embodied internet, meaning no one company will run the metaverse. Instead, will be operated by many different players in a decentralized way. So no one person is going to run it. It's going to be something that everybody comes together to build up, to make that make sense. Look at almost any kind of establishment or something that you've seen as successful. It's always a collective of things that come together to build it up. We made smartphones better by what we were using and then wanted to progress. Instagram comes out, we get better with cameras. WhatsApp made things way easier to communicate, which all went to Facebook, which all like these different people who were gaining in this market pushed social media and the internet to what we know it today. We don't really know, like if you ask me savvy, hey, what the fuck is a metaverse? Even by these descriptions, this is what we are theorizing it to be at the moment. And honestly, where it's going to go is gonna depend on what makes it grow. Mark Zuckerberg was saying, we're basically mediating our lives and our communication duty through small glowing rectangles. I think that's not really how people are made to interact. And while he's trying to, I guess, make the internet a better place to interact and actually be in there with people, it's kind of a, a double-edged sword, kind of. Let's say we have a metaverse where everything's connected. In a way, it'll be cool if you could actually be at like a concert in Germany from your house, but you can experience it in a way to where as you're there. And that's cool. <sighs> I guess to me, like what I kind of make of this, it's like when you come up with something new or something revolutionary comes out, so do new problems. Like, for instance, when it came up with birth control for women. So there was, okay, so we found a way to where we could still do what we want to do, but you ain't got to have no kids. Oh, okay. So initially it was all right. And then you start realizing, oh, it affects women's emotions, their moods, it affects their periods, it affects a whole bunch of different things. So in this solution, we found more problems. So what problems could this bring? It's like, well, don't you think that people would kind of slow down and not actually interact anymore? I guess it's just such a question mark. We really don't know if it's good or bad. This is like some matrix shit. <laughs> so, and what I'm basically, and I brought all that up and just bring it up because it's just amazing how just how everything progresses and just kind of everything I was talking about. But in this metaverse, it's Yes, it's not something that's coming out now. It's nothing that's now. They are looking to make this something very tangible very soon. They're all working towards it and progressing. He's already rolling it out. And I remember I was talking to somebody with, about it, and I was like, this is actually kind of scary. I don't know if it scares me, but I actually want to see where this goes. Because this is slowly turning into Blade Runner. And we're going to get there where we start programming fucking sex dolls with consciousness after a while. We're downloading them in, in the robot like Futurama. It's really going into a weird rabbit hole, bro. <laughs> but what I can say is that I do want to see where it goes, as crazy as it is, because it's not going to stop. And people are going to support this and push this to the moon. The only reason why I brought this up is because... What do y'all think it is? <laughs> like, am I crazy? Am I losing my mind? Because I'm thinking like, 
we are literally about to go in computers or maybe that's not what it was because it's in a way he was saying that the vr ar gaming that's all going to be a part of it it's like you wouldn't call facebook and myspace twitter snapchat the internet they're all parts of the internet we'll be able to experience all the stuff in a new way so it's like is this too edgy is this too crazy does it violate some things like do, do you think it's a a step in the wrong direction a slippery slope and really that's why i wanted to bring this up man because i'm just <laughs> i don't know y'all let me know please how do y'all feel about it look into it look into the nine part explanation by matthew ball it's very good. It's very interesting. I'm bringing it up because this is something that the internet, this is the direction that it's going. On a side note, two recent events that I know I'm pretty much late to talk about, but I still wanted to. Travis Scott with the happen at Astroworld and Henry Ruggs III, what happened in Vegas. Um, for Travis Scott, I've never been to Astroworld concert because I like Travis, but I, not enough for me to go to one of those events. But I always did hear about it. I mean, there's no way you don't hear about it living in uh, Houston, right? So he's out there just trying to perform. He didn't know what was going on. And all of a sudden, people start passing out. Panic happens. Pandemonium and fear just running rampant. People were getting trampled, getting crowd surfed to uh, see medical help. And it was just bad, you know. And no one knows what caused it. You know, you're going to have people say oh it's corona or is this oh why would you bring this person because i know a 10 year old kid that got hurt and he's not dead but he got injured people was like why would you bring a 10 year old to a travis scott concert i'm like i mean if that's his favorite artist i mean you don't think a fucking panic is going to happen at a concert and travis is devastated you know him and his girl spoke out and they're trying to you know travis doesn't know what to say i mean what can he say you know, all they could do was help. This is not the first time we've seen it. This is actually not the worst thing we've seen recently. Because on May 22nd, 2017, don't y'all remember Ariana Grande concert incident that had 22 dead, 116 injured as a suicide bomber terrorized the fans that took innocent lives at the Manchester Arena. That was, again, not her fault. She went at a very, very tense time and that happened and people didn't know what to do. She was devastated. Like, God bless her. You know what I mean? Because... They carry that cross like it's their fault when it's not, but it's like, you know, they couldn't control these things. So I'm not going to blame Travis, nor did I blame Ariana Grande. Like Ariana Grande went back to help those people, like the victims, families, and she went to go see the wounded because it messed her up that bad. She was devastated, dude. And just like Travis is. As much as it, it, I hate to say it, like my heart goes out to Henry Ruggs III, I do not feel sorry for him. And I'm explaining it like this. I do not condone drinking and driving. I literally remember like hearing this story about drinking and driving. I was like, shit, because I remember like one of my, <laughs> somebody I used to date, I got into an argument with her over this topic. She was like, drunk, drinking and driving is not like that. It's like, you know, I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? I never wanted to hit a woman, but I choke a bitch. And I almost choked her that day. <laughs> not like I'm holier than now, but don't drink and drive, dude. And in, in this era, you really don't have an excuse. You have all, you have Lyft, Uber, you got people you can wake up. You have all these modes of transportation. If you're going to drink and you know you're going to get fucked up, don't drive, dog. Like, come on, man. Like, come on. And just, you don't think a mistake you're gonna make is gonna end somebody's life. That's a hell of a cross to bear. And while I don't excuse or condone his actions to bear that cross, that's heavy. And even in the footage, when you, you know, if you were 
to look at that footage that TMZ put up. You know, they always got everything, goddamn. But uh, TMZ put up what happened like right after Henry Ruggs is crying on the side and you know halfway unconscious, and he knew he made a mistake, a mistake that took somebody's life. And and rest in peace uh, to Tina Tender. It's horrible. But at the same time, Derek Carr spoke up in a way that was great on him, just not as a leader in that locker room, just as a person. And the way that he explained it was the absolute best way that you can put it. My heart goes out so much. Um, try and say it with a straight face because um, I've already been emotional about every bit of this. Um, but to the family, um, to all the families involved, uh, you know, you never want no one ever wants to see this, whether it's a football player or not. You never want to see something like this happen. And uh, you know, it, it broke it broke my wife and I's heart. You know, honestly, I will always be here for him. Um, that won't change, and I'll prove that over the course of time to him, um, not to anybody else. Uh, but uh, he needs people to love him right now. Um, he's probably feeling a certain type of way about himself right now, and he needs to be loved. And uh, if no one else will do it, I'll do it. I will tell you, I walked by and I you know, saw Henry's locker today and for whatever reason that got me, you know, like, like he's not, he's not going to be there, you know, um, not because he's fast, not because of what he could do for me, but because of the person that he is and because I love him. And, uh, um, he, I mean, he literally texted me at, you know, at midnight, at a golf swing, you know, hit me and Hunter, you know, um, how's my swing look? You guys need to help me, <laughs> you know? And, uh, Bro, um, just just seeing that and then getting the news when we woke up, I just, I could, I mean, I don't even know how to, how am I supposed to handle that? He made a mistake and, you know, I'm not saying forgive him right off the bat like he ain't do nothing wrong. Like, yes, he does have to atone. It's just, I don't know or will I say what's going on in his mind to have a mistake that devastating. And with that being said, Go hang with the people you love. Call them. Go give them a hug or something. Sometimes gotta ride to it, ride to it. Cause you never know when a bullet might hit. And you die to it, die to it, die to it, die to it. Live your life, live it right. Be different, do different things. Don't do it like he did. Cause he ain't what you is. But we can win, win. Wait, let's get straight to the point. As I hope in this book and then burn up some of this reef for my plan is to figure out the world and escape all my demons. I'm dying inside. I wonder him sighing inside the heavens. A condom, a rolling chain, a fat blunt, and a Mac 11. That's all I see in my life. And they Thank you if you made it right through that. I appreciate it. If you make it to this point, I really fucks with you. Fantasy, I won one, lost one, lost again today. God damn it! <laughs> Man. I got to figure something out because everybody got hurt because I had Derrick Henry too. So my season is slowly, it's looking at the toilet. It ain't down the toilet because I put myself ahead so far. But goddamn, <laughs> I got to find, I got to do something. I got to figure something out, man. So I am working on that. My imminent victory is postponed at the moment, but it will happen, bitches. <laughs> Just, don't you worry i'm gonna find a way and in uh football news before i really get into all this extra nerdy stuff we're still waiting on Deshaun, man we still waiting on what happened and i don't know if he's gonna it's go anywhere i think it's too late the deadline was on tuesday yeah so that's, that's it 
That's it. He stuck with it, so they might as well mm-hmm. play him. Nah, he don't want to. It's up to him. He is don't. It up to him or is yeah, it no, to no, he don't want to play. That's why. I ain't, that's why I ain't going down. He don't want to play at all. So ain't ain't nothing on Deshaun. Kansas City is sloppy as hell, which further goes into my very very small compartmentalized group of people who believe Andy Reid is overrated. I do. I don't care. Like, yes, he's an offensive genius and all that stuff, but the stars had to align for this dude to win a chip with all that talent you had and Patrick Mahomes, Kelsey, and everybody, and they was all clicking. They was hot. Like, And, yes, he did scheme a lot of it. I just don't believe in Andy Reid like that. I think he's better than most coaches. I just don't think he's at the level that he's talked about. I think, like, because some people try to tell me he's, like, up there with Belichick and shit, and I'm like, Hold up, nigga. I don't know what. Who's your plug? He's okay. He's all right. Look, if you ain't got shit to do, just watch a Ravens game. They play everybody to the last snap. I don't care who they play. They can play Jacksonville, and it'll be two seconds left. They lining up for a field goal to tie. Like <laughs> they are going to the wire every game. But they are super interesting to watch. And while it is close games, it's gritty, ugly, but they're getting dubs. The league looks so different right now. It looks so different. With all these injuries going out, Tennessee, we don't know. They got Adrian Peterson. And Tennessee said, we're going to have a 2,000-yard rusher one way or another, motherfucker. So we're going to get Adrian Peterson to do what Derrick Henry has been doing. Hopefully, he's at that level and that capacity. I like AP. And uh, I'm going to be looking at his performance later when I'm done with this podcast. Hopefully, he does well. I've been a fan of AP, you know, since I was little, watching them just run through everybody angrily. Like, they slapped his mama or something. AP ran through niggas, dog. He took niggas' souls, and he wanted the contact. That was the crazy shit by him. Like, he would run into a nigga just to do it. Giving boy CTE for free out here. God, that shit's crazy. Anyway, so I saw the Eternals today. Um, It's okay. It's just okay. It's all right. It's it's nothing that I would say, oh, yeah, you got to go see it. They're going to, of course, link it all together at some point in time. But as for right now, in terms of if you just have to go see it, man, wait for that shit to stream on Disney. It's all right. The one thing I say, it's all-inclusive like a motherfucker. That's the one thing I can say about it. <laughs> but it's it's okay. Like I wouldn't buy it. Like To me, it was in that trash tier with Captain Marvel because Brie Larson, whatever her name was, they played Captain Marvel. That, that was so bad. Some movies, you know, you want your time back. That's when I want my motherfucking time back. <laughs> like I could, I would have read the Spark Notes, nigga. I just would have had somebody tell me that movie. No, nah, don't, <laughs> <laughs> don't, brother. It's uh, it's all right, bro. It's uh, uh, it's like that one in like Thor two. It's like, uh, it's like man, like I, I want a people's elbow. Whoever the fuck did Thor's two? <laughs> like what the fuck were y'all on? Um, if you see it and you like it, that's what's up. <laughs> that's all I can say. That's what's up. Uh, we're going to see how it ties in because Marvel is going into that direction of phase four. So, you know, my black ass is nerding out. And some anime news. All right. So, if you're a fan of Demon Slayer, you may be wondering why in the fuck are we watching the Mugen Train again? Well, welcome to corporate America, baby, <laughs> or corporate Japan. I would have to say Demon Slayer is a very short 
series. The people who is producing it understand this. They also know that they have a gem on their hands. They're going to milk this shit until it's done. There really shouldn't be, if we do Mugen Train and then they add on top of the Mugen Train for the, to round out this season, after that, there should not be nothing beyond the season three. It's that short, guys. Like it, It's not that long, but they're going to drag it out because they're making money, getting merch. I believe it's right there with jujutsu so they're gonna milk it so you can wait until they put the whole season out and then watch it or you could just watch every episode but they're basically yes pulling a dragon ball super with better animation jesus hussein christ that shit was fucking awful like i love you i love you dragon ball but don't you do that to me <laughs> like that makes me look bad that's like you know that's like if your significant other was out there doing some stupid shit like bitch you making me look bad like we're a unit if you look bad, I look bad as an extension of you and vice versa. If I'm doing dumb shit, I'm making you look bad. You could be like, nigga, <laughs> get your stupid ass down somewhere. You're making me look bad. So when y'all do some stupid shit like that, it makes me look bad as a fan for sitting there trying to propel this. Like, oh, yeah, hold it up. Like, yeah, it's so good. Like, nah, nigga, y'all can't do me like that. It's fucked up. <laughs> the Halloween party. Thank you again to the Takeover Season podcast, all those guys from over there, English, Fox, Cartier, Emphasis. Man, we all came together and uh, we threw a good venue. Everybody that came out, the turnout was amazing. Uh, I did not expect that many people. People were still trickling in at 1.30. It, it, was, a, it was a crazy turnout. And thank y'all for showing that love and support. And thank y'all for listening to the pod, man. It was a fun night. It really was. I can remember a lot of it, <laughs> but in some parts, it was blank because it was just so much going on. But it was a huge turnout. I got to meet so many different people and it allowed me to connect with a lot of my old friends and people I used to run with back in the day, which I didn't even expect. We connected with a lot of people behind that party, man. So it was cool. And it really just um, showed a lot of that support and love that we do have. And we're all grateful for it, man. It's been excellent. It's been a wild and fun ride, dude. That's everything I got to report for this week, man. I hope you have a good rest of the week. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I have been your humble host, Evan Savvy. Thank you if you made it through. If you like it, leave a review. Share it with a friend or two. Don't homie, be the homie. Thank you for stopping by the lighthouse. I have a good one. On the way. That's a national treasure They act like sisters But they act and they get nasty together They like to cheer for each other When I'm fucking them both I can't decide which bitch I like fucking the most I got a woman from Chattanooga Knew me back from the stems From the roots You hear my line Say want me back in the skin I take it back to me and Quisha When I'm back at the crib We don't ever take it easy When I'm back at the crib I got some bruises in Miami That I never betray They done got me out of jams That I never forget I got a surgeon A doctor A dentist A bitch that like folk Head kisses, not hickeys. I asked her what's good. Besides me and this dick, she working that mouth. I'm working this work, still working late nights. World money might spend, yeah, money might spend. Still running late, uh, 600 HP. Lil' Sunny HD, big time in KP. Road running like, yeah. Slow motion for me, slow motion for me, slow motion. I asked her what's good. Besides me and this dick, she working that mouth.
I say bounce for 